Houston. You're live in the hive with the Killer Bees, Joel Blank and Jeremy Branham on ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. Some texts are saying that uh, Branham's a hater. Lamont laughing at me on Twitter. Here comes Branham with his Will Anderson take. Goodness, man. What did Will Anderson do that was special in either, either one of those plays? The tackle for loss in the sack. You tell me what Will Anderson did that was special. The first one was the tackle for a loss where Tua handed it off to the running back. And Will Anderson, because the entire offensive line, except for the center, and the entire Dolphins team, except for the center, didn't realize he was being snapped, went in untouched and tackled the, the running back. In fact, there were two other Texans right next to Will Anderson. The second one was the one that went viral. Like Even when it happened, I was like, ooh, man, that's nice from Will Anderson. You watch it back, no one touches him on the offensive line. He runs through a measly running back and gets to the quarterback. Nothing he did was special. And I think Will Anderson's going to be very good. I'm not a Will Anderson hater. I think he's going to be good. I think it's, I don't know if it was worth the trade. I'm not going to go that far, but I think he's going to be a good football player. But in that preseason game, we're, like, we're, we're crowning Will Anderson. Will Anderson did nothing that's yeah, out of the norm on those two plays. I hear you, but I don't think, again, I think it's just a, a product of necessity. You got to crown him because you couldn't crown anything else. But you else. can be realistic with, like, the feet of what a con- Like, I'm not talking about TV. I'm talking about the fans' reaction and watching it go viral. You don't have to be like, oh, my goodness, Will Anderson's the second coming well, but like, you, because he ran through a running back. But you said yourself, on first glance, live watching it live, yeah. it really caught your attention. Absolutely. And, and most people don't do what we do to go back and kind of watch you a game watch a second time through. You didn't watch the replay of it? You don't most, have to watch a game second time through. You just watch the play on the, the replay. That's all viral on the internet. I, I still don't think most people do it. I disagree. Okay. Because I, people, I think, like, the people that I'm talking about are reacting to the to Twitter video that's going viral. I, I, like, to, I, I, hear, I hear what you're saying, but I, I, I'm going to stick to the standpoint of, look, Will Anderson's an impressive Football player. We've heard about the joint practice. We've heard about practice in general. I know that Andy and Kevin Kugler talk about it because they're looking for things to talk about. But he has looked every bit the part of a guy that you went and traded for. You and I are on the same page on the trade. And we'll see in a year's time how everything plays out. But at the same time, it's happened. You can't go back and change it. And the fact is, the dude can play football. He played big time at Alabama. And every expectation is he's going to be a player for the Houston Texans. It's unfortunate that... You know, he's catching some heat in, in the process of all of this by him just doing his job. Whether he was blocked or not, his job is to get to the quarterback, co- create havoc in the backfield, get fumbles, do those kind of things. Yeah. But we know how fans are going to react. They're looking for And at this point, they're probably all throwing things at their TV. So when they see something like that, I really don't think they went back and looked at two, three, even one other time. I think that they were just ecstatic that that guy that okay. needs to be good was good. Fair. That's fine. I'm not ready to give him the player of the year, the rookie of the year, because he went through a running back, and I'm not ready to call him Lawrence Taylor or J.J. Watt because he ran through a running back and didn't get touched by an offensive lineman. Both of those plays, he was literally untouched by an offensive lineman. Seven one three seven eight zero ESPN. Let's get to the uh, the other rookie, C.J. Stroud. What did you think of C.J. Stroud game two after watching him in game one? I felt a little better. I felt like I could I could actually breathe a little bit more about the fact that he did not impress me at all in game one. And I started, as much as I didn't want to, I started to have some voices creep into my head about questioning this guy being the guy. The fact that what I saw when he was out there, the, the things you were telling us about when you went to practice, came to full view uh, and fruition for me to actually see him feather balls in there and and put beautiful touch on passes, the way he completed passes, the way he escaped the pocket, the way he made throws, whether he was sitting in the pocket or he was on the run, when he was out there, the fact that he was putting footballs where they had to, even when they were dropped, the ball was where it was supposed to be placed. This was the opposite of the defense, going from really good and pulling a 180 and blowing blowing a, a, a tire. This on the flip side to me was small sample size for sure, but the fact is he needed this and he did this. To me, he showed me enough to where I was encouraged again about CJ. CJ, I'm happy that everyone's taking the development process over results with Stroud. And I'm curious if this continues in the regular season and not just the preseason. Because, pre- look, people people in the Twitch are they're, they're, they're being honest. They're being realistic. This is practice. This stuff doesn't matter. This stuff's about training. 100%. You are all right. But you can see, like, where a player's at relative to other players. C.J. Stroud, I thought in week one, was deer in the headlights. C.J. Stroud, you could tell, was yep. not 
a, like a, accustomed to the speed of the NFL. He was chopping his feet. He, he just did not look in place. It's why when Davis Mills came into the game for C.J. Stroud, it's like, oh, this offense is looking a lot better than when C.J. Stroud was operating. Against the Dolphins, that was not the case. Against the Dolphins, C.J. Stroud looked like a pretty cool customer. Against the Dolphins, C.J. Stroud looked much better than what Davis Mills looked like when Davis Mills came into the game in the second half. So you're right. I was, I was encouraged quite a bit with C.J. Stroud. I was impressed with the, like the leap that he made from game one to game two. I thought it was night and day. What he looked like uh, two weeks ago in the opener? Not good. What he looked like Saturday? There were things that were encouraging. Now, I think he does have a long way to go. Um, you go back to that th- the very first play, like the very first series, rather. They got the interception from Perryman. You're handing the ball off to Damian Pierce. You have a third and goal from the one-yard line, and what does C.J. Stroud do? He takes a delay of game. Lack of urgency yeah. getting up to the line. You know what was also frustrating about that? There was two things that were frustrating about that. It was a low S2 play, let's be honest. The two things that were frustrating about that, one, why are you taking a delay of game there? You're taking yourself probably out of touchdown range. Secondly, it's the first possession of the game. Why aren't you taking a timeout? Right. You got I thought timeouts that was a to burn. huge mistake on two different fronts. Here was D'Amico Ryans on, on what he thought of C.J. Stroud's performance against the Dolphins. Overall, just with the operation of the offense, I thought C.J. was more efficient. Uh, he felt more comfortable. And I think just everyone around him played better, which allowed him to play better. So I'm proud of the progression that C.J. took this week. I mean, that's what we want to see, right? You want to see improvement week to week, and that's what we saw this week. So I'm proud of what CJ did. I agree. I I agree with everything D'Amico said. And I think the other thing, too, is, Jeremy, if we just go back to what we said when we went and analyzed game one, he was running for his life. He had zero protection. He was constantly, no matter what he was supposed to be thinking or the play he was supposed to be executing, the first thing that he was looking at was defenders all over him. The fact that at least he had some semblance of an offensive line that could give him a second or two also plays into this to where he can relax a little bit and worry less about if he was going to have some guy breathing down his neck or in his face when he tried to do something and just try to execute the play at hand, too. So I think from the standpoint of just exactly what D'Amico said is exactly what we should expect. But to your point, regular season is going to change everything. And all the people that are just looking for progress, regardless of you know scoring drives and results, when it matters and they're playing for keeps, People are going to turn on him if he doesn't put up points and, and, and move this football team around. And that's just as real as I can be. As much as we all should be realistic in the fact that we're looking for results that are tangible without necessarily getting wins or doing massive things uh-huh. consistently. Yeah. But that ain't going to happen when the regular season that, That's starts. the thing is that uh, the development and the process are things that like I was encouraged with Stroud about. Some things that he did against the, the Dolphins impressed me versus what he did. I thought he was awful against the Patriots. But some of the things he did yesterday or two days ago against the Dolphins were, were encouraging. As much as I couldn't stand that first series, like you have it third and goal at the one with Damian Pierce. That should be an easy touchdown. And not only are you taking a delay because you're getting slow to the line, but you're also failing to call a timeout. I thought that was a, a huge mistake from a Stroud point of view. I thought it was a D'Amico Ryans mistake as well. Now you can make the case that D'Amico Ryans was saying, hey, I'm trying to let a rookie quarterback learn uh, from the situation. Situation, but the way D'Amico answered this question earlier today, I'm not. I think D'Amico missed it too. Here was D'Amico on the why he didn't take a timeout on that third and one. Yeah, there was a thought there. I could have been better just going down to save us. Thought we would be able to get lined up and we would get it off, but it seemed to me that you know we weren't going to get it done, so I could have sprinted down and got the timeout sooner. Maybe he's wearing one for Stroud. Maybe he's just taking the like the, the blame for the offense, which I can understand. Look, it's preseason. I don't really care. I, I don't care that they didn't score a touchdown there. If that's something that happens in the regular season, I'm going to have a huge issue with D'Amico Ryan's not taking the timeout. That play specifically is on Stroud, not getting to the line, and then failing to take the timeout before the snap. I think D'Amico was wearing one for Stroud. With I think answer. you're absolutely right, because I think that the one thing when you start talking about organized football teams and you know this in covering whatever sport you cover. We know it from a basketball perspective as well as a football perspective. Part of your your practice regimen every single week, two-minute drill, goal line, right? And, and so everything should be practiced. You should be very well-versed on if the, the, clock, the, the game clock, I mean the, the play clock is running down. You should be very well-versed in different situations. Coaches are supposed to put you in situational football drills in practice so that this doesn't seem like a total freak-out moment where you haven't practiced it, you weren't familiar with it, and you didn't expect it. I do. I totally believe that D'Amico is wearing one for CJ, but I also think that there is something to it that D'Amico's getting his feet wet too, and he might have just he, – he owned it after the fact, realizing he could have, 
But I think he's got so much going on that he's trying to ingest right now, too. I think it could have been that he missed one. It's, yeah. it's preseason for him, too. Yep. Like He can learn from it. Now, I think it was more Stroud than D'Amico, to be very, very clear. But that is a that is a learn from the mistake issue. And then the fact that it was a preseason, I don't care. It is one thing that I'm going to be watching closer with D'Amico and certainly Stroud. As much as I hated that play... The second drive was great. Like, it was, it was nice. It was smooth. You had tremendous accuracy. 11 plays, 61 yards, 5 minutes and 37 seconds off the clock. You saw some precision from Stroud. You saw the ball placement expert from Stroud. The second drive was the best drive they've had this, this preseason by, by far. No question. By far the best drive That's they've had. That's also not so saying a whole lot by, that. by what we saw no, in week one. And this is, and this is to the, the greater point that I was talking about, Blankers. That this is why I'm, I'm happy that so far, and I don't think this is going to happen in the regular season when the games count. Out and the, the, the standings start to add up. I don't think it will, this will be the case in the regular season, but we've been telling you all along, everyone needs to take this season as development process over results with Stroud. I, again, I saw a lot of good things from C.J. Stroud against the Dolphins. The, 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 he had a, there was one play where there was a free rusher, and he spun away, like broke his ankles, threw a perfect ball to Noah Brown that he couldn't. He, that Noah Brown couldn't make the catch. Right. Sliding catch would have been a good catch. Yep. Would have been a good catch. Probably one that he should have made, didn't make it. But Stroud, really good play on that play. I liked his like his poise in the pocket. Looked really good. Like his ball placement looked really, really well, good. You know how much time we busted. Davis Mills for not even being able to throw he, an out he route. He looked bad. Yeah, but the, the out routes that he was throwing and the fact that whether he was on the run on the one play to his right or the one on the left, was it to Woods, where he just put it right on the outside hand of the of the, of the offensive yeah. receiver away from Those the defender. The placement was fantastic. Yeah, there wasn't a lot of space there. No. There wasn't a lot of space. That was a really good throw. Like I, there, Again, Stroud showed things yesterday that were really, really good. But why it's important to look at the development process over the results, we, we saw good things with Stroud. Stroud has had six possessions in his preseason NFL career. The t- an average NFL team over a game averages somewhere between 10 to 12 possessions a game. It's closer to 10 than it is to 12, but 12 is like a round number because you can divide it by four. So it's like three possessions per quarter. C.J. Stroud has had six preseason possessions. So that means he's had a half of football, right? He's had a half of football worth of possessions. Here's his, his possessions. Six plays, zero yards, interception. Five plays, 28 yards, punt. Four plays, one yard. That was the first series against the uh, the Dolphins that I'm counting as a field goal because they would have kicked a field goal in a real game. So I'll give them the field goal there. The next drive, 11 plays, 61 yards, field goal. That's six points. Next two plays are possessions, three plays, four yards, three plays, five yards. So in a half of football for C.J. Stroud, six possessions, NFL team averages between tw- 10 to 12 possessions a game, C.J. Stroud has led two field goal drives. The results there are not good. The results, if he's doing that in the regular season, people are going to be annoyed with the production of C.J. Stroud. And this is preseason. He's got a long way to go before the start of the NFL season. But right now, the results are not good with C.J. Stroud, but the process and the development has been encouraged. But you know the black cloud is going to be the problem all year. But I think that's why people are going to start getting annoyed. Because yeah. I think C.J. Stroud's going to do this for the first month of his the NFL The loudest career. voices are going to come because the sense of urgency has been ramped up by the trade itself. And the fact that if you were just sitting there and you were Bryce Young... In Carolina, people are going to be judging Bryce Young solely on his development, on his week-to-week progress, on the way that he's able to grasp concepts, execute plays, make mistakes but learn from them, and do all the things that come with taking your lumps as a rookie quarterback. Because of the trade and the ramifications and how everything went down, it's not the same playing field for C.J. Stroud. It's not fair, but that's the way the fans are going to look at it. And they're going to look at it with a lot more urgency, and they're going to be a lot more critical because of it. Let's get to Lamont on the other side. Once to get it on Stroud, we'll get your thoughts, too, on what you thought of C.J. Stroud in Game 2 after what he showed you in Game 1. Six possessions for Stroud. Six possessions. It's a half of a football game. Two field goal drives for C.J. Stroud. 713-780-3776. Killer Bees, ESPN 97.5, ESPN 92.5. Guys, right now, I want to tell you about the good people at Allstate Siding and Windows. Look, I'm in the process right now of remodeling a home and doing a lot of work on a home. And I'm telling you, that one of the main things you need to consider when you're thinking about remodeling your home is siding because siding is the way to go. When you're remodeling, there's no more painting, staining, and repairing your home. With home siding and all state siding and windows, the experts doing it and walking you through the process, they are going to make sure you are happy and satisfied, and it's going to take a whole lot of extra out of the process. Huge selection of colors and quality products. Siding of today, more durable, wind, weather, and impact-resistant materials. It is going to last. It is going to upgrade the overall appearance of your house and home, and you are going to be satisfied with that. Not only that, it's energy efficient, and you can save on your electric bills 
because of what it does to insulate the actual building itself. There's also senior citizen, military, and first responder discounts on top of that. But, hey, the main thing, specials, 12-month interest-free. Save $2,000 off your siding job. It's family-owned and operated for over four generations. They're the only place you should go if you're considering anything with your windows or your siding. All you got to do is call them, 832-204-1936, or go to allstatewindowsandsiding.com. Welcome back, Houston. These guys missed you over the last break. It's the Killer Bees, Joel Blank and Jeremy Branham, live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios on ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. Key from L.A., I thought you all got canceled. I was ready to blame Paul. Why would we blame Paul? Yeah, why Paul? I'll be going to Vegas with Paul blame Thursday, Joe. Friday. Uh, a little worried about that. Omega... I'm not going to hang out with Paul. <laughs> I'll he be honest you with are. you. Huh? He thinks you are. I'll hang out with him for the three hours we're on the air. I, I have zero intention to see Paul anytime before and after our show Thursday or Friday. Well, Joel, what about me? He yeah. has different... Well, you, you're going to be there, too. I mean, you can pick. You're going to uh, hang out with me or you're going to hang out with Paul. I would suggest you hang out with Paul. Or I hang out with my old college roommate. Probably what I'll Oh, do. you have an old college roommate in Vegas? Yeah. There you go. Well, he's going to be out there, too, for one of the... Paul and Chicago I have different stations. intentions. Let's call it what it that is. I, that I get. Yeah, I have zero interest in hanging out with Paul. Paulie's looking for the VIP passes to all, and that's, all the insolence clubs. And that's not to say, I mean, I think Paul's great. I love Paul. Paul's very, very fun. But we're different stages in life between Paul and I. Uh, Omega Man and Humble, catch me up. Just got in the car after work. Appreciate you putting putting in the hours, punching uh, the clock there. Mm-hmm. Is this the Killer Bees new slot on the radio? It is. It is. If you are a, a new listener uh, that has not been able to tune in since 3, this is uh, this. The slot is now ours. We are now the captain of this ship. We will be here from three to six Monday through Friday, except for Thursday, Friday, when Paul and I will be doing three to six because the Blankers isn't allowed in the county line. Yeah, there I, I, in Nevada. Joe, Joe told me, yeah, no matter what I tried to do to be a team player, that I was sitting this one out. So yeah, he's not allowed. There you in go. Vegas. Uh, two two eight four. I'm in Vegas Wednesday through Saturday. Let me get you a beer, Branham. I'll take you up on that. I've never passed up a cold beer. Long neck cold beer ain't ever broke my heart. Can Paul come. He didn't. He didn't. He didn't mention Paul. Oh, I don't want to invite Paul because you know, this is somebody else's invitation. I can't do that. That'd be the, weird. He, the, the The listener doesn't have to get Paul a beer, but the listener might be open to Paul joining you guys too. That's then up you guys, to the, that's up then to you the guys could hang out. You'd have to ask the listener that. I'm okay. not going to invite somebody to an invitation that was not mine. That's Bush League. Seven one three seven eight zero three seven seven six. Let's go out to the HRMP listener line. Lamont, you're in the hive with the Killer Bees. What's going on, Lamont? Hey, what's the deal uh, with you fellas uh, in your new time slot? Uh, you know, same old stuff. Same stuff, just a different yeah, time man, slot, uh, uh, I'm out here kind of cold, man. It's 98 degrees, <laughs> man. Boy, I got my coat on. I got my coat on. I'm feeling kind of... I'm feeling kind of cold. It's right kind of cloudy where we're at, too. Like, the clouds are out. I think there's a chance that it might drop a speck of rain. I can tell you, if you walked out yeah. in the hallways of this building right now, yeah. you wouldn't be cold. Yeah. Yeah, 98 degrees is welcome right now, man. But uh, Lamont, you a 98 you know, degrees fan? Did you listen to their music? Lamont's were you, were favorite you, boy Were band. you a Nick Lachey guy? Wait, say that again? Were you a 98 degrees uh, fan? Were you a fan of that boy band, 98 degrees, lead singer Nick Lachey? Oh, yeah, yeah. Whoa. Did not wow. expect I that. I swear. Yeah. Or no, I, I love do. music, man. I all love right. music. There you go. I love all music. All right. I'm surprised. But here's my point, man. Uh it's kind of funny that I've been uh, I've been messing with Jeremy. Uh, in, in Jeremy, though, I messed with him. Oh, for sure. But here's where I'm at. Here's where I'm at with uh, with CJ Stroud, man. And I want the young man to uh, do well in the NFL. But we talking about 25. percent He had four drives. He did good with one drive, and we going all crazy. Uh, and what I want to know, for, what I want to know from a lot of Houston fans and a lot of the media. And a lot of uh, the national media, are we comparing uh, Jeremy, uh, uh, not Jeremy, uh, uh, but T.J. Stroud to last week and what he did in practice? Or are we comparing him to to other rookies? Or are we comparing him to quarterbacks in the NFL? Because he had one freaking he had one freaking drive that looked like a, a normal quarterback. You, you know what? You know what I've seen done that before? T.J. Yates in a freaking <laughs> uh, in a freaking playoff game, man. Say, man, don't give me all of that, man. If you can't give me uh, at least two two drives where he look real good, uh, we just all happy because he don't look like a uh, slop. He don't look like slop on one drive. 
on one drive. And, and, and we're talking about consistency. One drive out of uh, four drives. That's 25%, fellas. Um, yep. Like I said, I, I, I'm not going to clown this young man, man, uh, because I was all happy to, uh, uh, to see that one drive, too. But then I had to uh, the dial it back, and I was like, wow, man. Is this what we had in the quarterback position right now in Houston? Yeah. Are we going all crazy because of one drive with 56 yards? I'm out. <laughs> you got, it's what you got invested in him. It's different if it's a third-round pick like Davis Mills. And and you're hoping. like You buying Lamont likes this? Lamont likes a lot of different music. He said he's a lover of music. Does jam. Lamont love this? 713-780-37. Lamont, you like this? Then they also, 713-780-37. What was there? I do. I couldn't tell you one. I do was like the wedding proposal song. I, I couldn't know, tell you I one song. I used it once in my life. I couldn't tell you one song. Oh, see, I was Team 98 Degrees over Backstreet Boys. There's no way. Yeah. No way. This is like my era Were you a Backstreet Boys Why would you do that? Backstreet Boys. Over in sync. Yeah. I'm probably right there with you. Because, like, I don't know. I was like... There's no way Lamont likes this. I was, like, six when this song came out. I'm calling BS. I think he did. You think Lamont liked this? He likes all kinds of music. Lamont. 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 He can text her. He can... Lamont will will do. He'll do both. There's no way Lamont likes this. See, I think, though, to Lamont's point about all of this the biggest problem that we have is is it's not davis mills it's not a third round pick where your expectations let's face it you were hopeful like i mean as much as dick willie was all over on twitch all season long about (laughs) how just wait and see he's going to turn out and we went back and forth about what where the ceiling was the fact is in your heart of hearts if you had to put your life on the line or bet on it you weren't betting that this guy was going to be a long-term long-term time starter for the texans or any nfl team but when you take the draft capital that you had and you turn it into a guy that you're expected to be your franchise quarterback, now everything changes. Now the, 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 the highest of highs for everything that's positive and the tempered expectations when things are low because you don't want to fathom the thought of if he absolutely craps the bed. Yeah. Lamont, I mean, Lamont asked, are we comparing him more to rookie quarterbacks or relative to the NFL starter in the, in the NFL? I would say we're actually comparing him to C.J. Stroud against the Patriots because C.J. Stroud against the Dolphins was better than C.J. Stroud against the Patriots. C.J. Stroud, rookie quarterback versus other rookie quarterbacks, I didn't really see much of the rookie quarterbacks this week. I would say he's been below average, quite honestly. C.J. Stroud, relative to the rest of the NFL, starting caliber quarterback in the NFL, quite frankly, has been poor. If we're looking at the results of C.J. Stroud, and again, this is way too early to close the book on C.J. Stroud, but if we're calling C.J. Stroud to this point through Six preseason possessions. It has not been good to Lamont's point. We mentioned it earlier. Six drives, six plays, zero yards pick. Five plays, 28 yards punt. Four plays, one yard, what would have been a field goal. 11 plays, 61 yards, field goal. Three plays, four yards punt. Three plays, five yards punt. For an NFL starting quarterback caliber in the NFL, if we're comparing that to the starting starting quarterback caliber in the NFL, that's poor. That's it not good. But, here, but here's the thing. Right now, to your point, you're not. It's unfair to compare him to any other quarterback other than himself from a day-to-day basis. Can you say that same thing in the regular season, though? I think when you're trying to win games, when I, you have to well, win see, games. That's the thing. Again, the black cloud is going to be that in any normal situation, you wouldn't be comparing him to anything other than the progress he made from day-to-day, week-to-week, game-to-game. Yeah. But because of the fact that that trade is going to weigh so heavy and loom so large. In the history of this franchise, you can't do what other guy, what, what other teams are able to do, even though you're supposed to just be grading him on his progress. The fact is, it's unfair to compare him to other rookie quarterbacks because other quarterbacks might have a better receiving room. Whether it's you know the guys that they have in Carolina and whether Adam Thielen has anything left or not, yeah. they had put some guys around him. And, and we already talked about the fact that Richardson is dealing with an, uh, an all-everything running back behind him as long as he works his contract out. But on paper, he's got skill position players that have a ton of ability around him. So you can't say that just because Bryce Young has a better week, week to week, than C.J. Stroud one week when they're both on the field. All you can worry about is the progress C.J. Stroud makes in a Texans uniform from play to play, game to game, and that's it. You're right. You're right. This in the preseason you can live with, and then you see the arrow pointing up. Week two was way better than week one. You hope that week – I don't think he's going to play a lot against the Saints, but you want to start seeing this in the regular season where he starts to build – Brick by brick, improvement, development, process, which is how you should be viewing the 2023 Houston Texans season. 
but you also you have the fear that you have to win games because you no longer have your first-round draft pick that you traded away for Will Anderson. And if C.J. Stroud has a six-possession stretch where he put up in the preseason, that's not good. And it's not look, that good compared to other quarterbacks in the NFL. It's just not. It's just weighing talent, too, right? You might have gotten two talented players or two guys you think are talented in this draft. But if it turns out that he doesn't have the talent you thought he had, and there's one, two, or God forbid, two or three quarterbacks next year in the draft that fall to where you would have drafted yep. if you had your own pick, there are going to be people coming out of the woodwork after you, Nick Casario, and anybody that'll listen. 713-780-ESPN, HRP listener live. If you're new to the bees, we, we, have a, uh, we have a segment where you can ask us anything. It's simple. Ask us the killer bees whatever you want. Sports, non-sports, what pizza Joe was eating in Chicago, whatever you want. 713-780-3776. Mailbag Monday with the killer bees on ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5. We're going to be out in Vegas Thursday, Friday. We're going to be broadcasting and live from the Circa. And the Circa has two amazing contests going on right now. The Circa Million and Circa Survivor. $14 million in guaranteed prizes between the two. And the best part, there's no rake in either contest. Biggest football contest in Vegas back for their fifth year. Head to Circa, enter in Vegas. We'll be there Thursday, Friday. And the beauty of it, you can play from anywhere. Your couch, work, wherever, because you can play anywhere once you enter in Vegas. The two contests. First one I'll tell you about. The Circa Million Football Contest. Six million in total prizes quarterly payouts you have a hot first quarter third quarter you're getting some money 100 percent payback no rake you can't get that anywhere else than circa top prize one million dollars you'll pick five teams against the spread weekly and the winner takes home one million bucks the other contest the circa survivor we've all played in survivor pools you probably won survivor pools you win this one you're going home rich their biggest prize pool yet eight million dollars it's simple pick a winner straight up no spread and win big if you're the lone survivor a guaranteed eight million dollars is headed your way bigger money than ever before play today for your share of 14 million dollars in guaranteed prizes contest open now you don't want to miss out enter in vegas play from anywhere head over to circusports.com for more details you've got mail it's mailbag monday with the killer bees something's in the bag What's in the bag? Oh, what's in the box? It is our Mailbag Monday. If you're new to the Killer Bees, because we're now three to six, we're the captain now. Uh, we, we do a segment each Monday where you can ask the Killer Bees whatever you want to ask. 713-780-3776. Let's go out to the HRP listener line. Justin, you're in the hive with the Killer Bees. What's your question for us? What's going on, guys? I got a little bit of a loaded question, so... It, do you think that Aiden O'Connell and DTR, the quarterback for the Browns, are real based off this preseason performance? If yes, then I see why you can judge how C.J. Stroud's done. But if no, how can we really put much relevance on Stroud being, I would say, lackluster, realistically, when it's a bunch of vanilla playbooks and nobody's yeah. really playing their full game yet? Appreciate it, Justin. You're right. That was a loaded question. Um, I think O'Connell and, and uh, DTR have a chance. I think DTR. Look, again, you don't get – you have to temper your highs and your lows. Absolutely. But I think that DTR's game translates more for the NFL mm. game now than it did than, than, than previous previously when a guy was drafted that low. But also at UCLA, he did a lot of things. I mean, he, he, he moved the football, but I thought a lot of it was with his legs. The fact that at least we're talking about when Stroud's feathering a ball in there with some touch. I saw him make some throws that were impressive to me to where I'm not going to get too excited and say he's a starter in the NFL. But I think a lot of teams are watching what happens with Cleveland to say, hey, there's a guy that we think we can develop that has some talent yeah, I don't and he can run. He's not leaving Cleveland. I don't think he's leaving Cleveland. They're going to keep Kellen Mond over him? No that, chance. They don't have a veteran at all behind them. It's just those two guys. They might have a veteran, but you're going to keep three quarterbacks now. You have a three-quarterback rule. And just not – right. But I think – because I – where's Mar- – Mariota's in Philly. But yeah, Mariota was getting – Jalen Hurts. Yeah, he was, the, the, he was getting third, the third team reps. The backups, Joshua Dobbs. Their third string battle is DTR, Kellen Mond. DTR is going to win that bo- battle. And DTR might beat out Joshua Dobbs. Now, gonna they're they're going to keep all three on the roster, though. Dobbs, DTR, and Deshaun. That's the veteran, though. That Dobbs is the veteran. But I think DTR is a guy that caught a lot of general manager's eye with what he was doing in the preseason, regardless of what you think about sure. evaluating guy on preseason. Yeah, I, I, that's why I think he's guaranteed himself that, that third spot. Now, O'Connell will be on the... I, I could see O'Connell starting a game late this year, to be completely honest. Because I, I think 
I don't think much of Jimmy Garoppolo. I don't think much of Josh McDaniels. And I think they might be in a spot where they're a losing team and want to get a look at Aiden, Aiden uh, O'Connell to take a look at a young quarterback. Now, that said, what you said, you have to temper expectations, good or bad, in the preseason, no matter what. That's right. I've been encouraged, and you're right. You can't. Justin's right. You can't put too much stock in anything you've seen from CJ Stroud. But you can kind of you can see throws. You can yeah. see decisions. You can see how they're responding with you know rushers in their face. In the first game for for um, Stroud for Stroud, he was he looked awful. He looked deer in the headlights. He looked bad. Last, yes, Saturday he looked fine. He looked okay. He looked like he has a chance to be pretty good. Now the results haven't been what you want in the regular season. But to Justin's point, here's the thing how you can at least tell whether it's preseason or not, just like it's at practice. We can go back and look at the Davis Mills era and watch whether it was preseason or regular season. His out routes were hitting the popcorn vendor in the third row. He couldn't put a ball where it needs to be placed. When you see a quarterback at least be able to put the football on the right side of the defender or the left side of the defender away from the defender where only the receiver can catch it, and he can make some plays both on the run and in the pocket where he's putting the ball in the right place and shows he's got some touch, that already shows you something in the preseason that you need to see regardless of the level of competition and whether the game counts or not. 713-780-3776 is your question for the Killer Bees. 0441, would you rather fight one giant Jordan Alvarez or 100 mini baby-sized Jordans? This was a question that... The guys that used to have this slot had a week or so ago, but they did it with, oh, like, ducks and horses and things like that. But <laughs> I think BK actually brought this up. Beaky, you mean? Beaky, yeah. Um, would I rather fight one Jordan Alvarez uh-huh. or, or an army of... Or 100 mini baby-sized Jordans. Um, I think I can I think I think can take down the, the mini baby-sized Jordans. More than trying to take on anything with a man as large as Jordan Alvarez. I really don't like your chances either way. I got, I got a this question. Is, this I, you is think, easy... I think I like yours? I got <laughs> this, a question This is here. an easy answer for me. You're taking on one giant Jordan Alvarez. Why do you have one giant Jordan Alvarez? Because there's a decent chance that that one giant Jordan Alvarez is going to get hurt. I was thinking, I just... He's going to get hurt. Oh, is this the Yor- see, that's there's a good dirty. chance he's going to get hurt. That was my question here. Is he's this one the, giant one. Is this the Jordan Alvarez that actually plays for the Astros? Yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna take a sucker punch to his hand. I'm going to strike for the kneecaps. It's uh, a double kneecap Unfortunately, if he hurts his hand on your dome piece you're done well, yeah but sure you, but you he, have one shot but here's the thing if he doesn't knock you out he might break his hand on the punch and you might win by default exactly but a lot of the mini ones might try and run and get you and they might all fall before they even get to you too but True. not but but that's not not all of them are gonna get hurt yeah like i don't like your chance against one mini size jordan like if there's a hundred mini Jordans. size no, i don't like well, your chances. okay well i don't like your chances either so that's fine if there's a hundred jordans how many of them get hurt before they even get to you 20%? that's what i'm saying a i would lot say of half them. Like 50%? I would say half. So it's really 50 Jordans. 50s, 50 mini-sized Jordans or a 50-50 shot that one giant Jordan gets hurt. Should have been the question. I'll take the mini ones. Should have been the question. you start UFC kicking, you can knock a you know, it, domino effect. Get one to run into a couple others. They all get hurt. When was the last time you kicked something? I my coffee table about two weeks ago. My toe's still sore. <laughs> what happened? You Somebody somebody dropped the ball in the backers game or whatever? No. You watched of, Hard Knocks and Aaron Rodgers? Actually, one of the dogs was... Starting to look like it was he was going to throw up, and I needed him to get outside and not throw up in the living room. And when I sprinted across the living room to get his butt towards the back door, my big toe caught the coffee table. <laughs> it was a, not an enjoyable experience. I thought you got mad. No. Uh, here's a good one. If Mr. Gallery hired Barry and Nick, would Blankers go back to the midday slot with the usual subs, uh, suspects or stay loyal oh. to Branham with the driving bees? Mm. I know my answer. I know. We're getting dumped. <laughs> <laughs> Which... I, I mean, it's good knowing you. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I love I love Barry and Nick. So you don't love us. I love you. I love you guys sometimes too. I don't. I mean, I I, I know the heck out of you. So I don't mind. Nine four one one crankshaft and Hitchcock. You didn't answer, by the way. You didn't answer. Did he answer? Yeah, I think he answered. I think I'm he a man answered, of the people. I love everybody. In a, in a roundabout way. Off. And then you, Joel's yeah. going to work for six hours if that happens. Six straight <laughs> it's hours. A good idea. It's a good I idea. Don't, I don't want to get blankers on the back, the back end of those six hours. Yeah, I'd rather the first three. Yeah. Uh, Crankshaft and Hitchcock, it's good to hear you guys in the drive time slot. How are you liking the change? Um, a, <laughs> I love the slot. I felt like all along we, this is where we belong. I The, the time adjustment it's on a schedule perspective is... is it's going to take a little time. It's going to take an adjustment. Now I'm happy about it because I'm I'm going to say that I'm going to work out and never will. I'm yep. going to say that I'm going to hit golf balls and I never will. Yep. But I do like that the added time ahead of the show. It was. I'll tell you this. 
I hadn't really put much thought into the change in terms of like, I, I mean, I did kind of like, what am I eating? Blah, blah, blah. What am I leaving? But like the the welcome to the three to six moment was whenever I saw the Astros put their lineup out before That's we were right. ever on the air. That was weird because usually it comes in our final segment and it was out before we were ever on the air. I was like, well, I was this worried about weird. your eating habits. Like normally you lunch yeah, during I'm the show and now are, are you going to need a snack? Is I had dinner. Is I'm that going to ruin your dinner? I, I don't know. Uh, it's, it's a work in progress. For me, it's all about traffic. I am deeply concerned about my drive home. Yeah, I'm because, curious what that's going to look like. Yeah, because normally when if we, we got out of here... Between three and three fifteen, be rough. I can yeah. get home pretty quickly. Now I'm worried about it taking Man, a long. Three time. Three was pretty rough too, though. It yeah, depends. I, you it guys going north side? It was. Yeah, it was pretty rough. Three. I knew if I didn't get out of the stu- studio by like three fifteen, yeah. that it was going to start packing up on fifteen. I mean, usually you're you're usually mailing it in around two forty five. Well, I mean, that's still a good forty five minutes ahead of you. So. <laughs> Keith from LA, if you had a time machine, what big moment in sports history would you travel back to? That's a loaded question. There's so many. Yeah, there are. I would love to have seen a Muhammad Ali big time heavyweight title fight. Rilla in Manila, maybe, or Joe maybe, Frazier, maybe the Sonny Liston where he's standing over him in the iconic the picture. That would that would be awesome. That would be really cool. But it would also be cool to see like Babe Ruth hit a home run. It'd be sure. cool to see like the you know the Willie Mays catch. Like there's so many. Big words. Yeah, that's who hit it. Yeah, I did a book report. Well, you went to school with him? Or? No, Charlie actually was there. I actually did a book report on it when I was a kid. I think I want to see. Baby Ruth call a shot since it's, de- it's and then see if it's real. It's debunked. It, like some people don't think it was real. Mm. Like, that's not what he's really doing. That's pretty good. Like I want to know the truth. Yeah, I do too. That's a good I, call. I mean, there's some that you don't have to go that far back though. Like I would have liked to have been at Pebble when Tiger just dominated That'd the be world. Fun to see that this kid, that this phenom, living up to every bit of the hype and just drilling the entire field. On a course like Pebble, that would have been pretty amazing. I think maybe seeing just like the that last Masters he won out of nowhere. Just, that happened yeah, that on too. my uh, that happened the week I got married. You guys have oh. talked about that. I, I will never forget Tiger Woods winning his final major. Cash it or trash it. Cash seems like a pretty safe cash. You better it? cash that one. He's yeah. never going to win another one. So eight zero two nine. Should the Texans just start Case Keenan? Nice hot take, Joe. Should the Texans start Case Keenum? Go Cougs over CJ Stroud. He's hurt. I'm I'm a little concerned about Case. Who, Tiger or Case? Joe, when you said he's never healthy after you made that outlandish statement that was so tough to get behind. He can't even walk anymore. He's never gonna he's not gonna win another major. Yeah, it wasn't really a hot take. No. And Case Keenum you know what else? supposed to be a hot take. I thought he was gonna be the backup at the start of the year, and you guys said no. The sun will rise tomorrow. Cash. Cash. These are takes from Joe George. We will all die someday. Cash. Cash or trash. Taxes are be- trash. have to you be have paid to do, have every make, year. Yeah, cash or trash. Yeah. Which one? Hot the taxes? Takes from Joe yeah. George. Some people have. Oh, them, Joe right? eludes them. That's right. <laughs> Some people elude the taxes. All right, that does it for our Mailbag Monday. You have any other questions, just tweet them at Pac-Man Joel. He'd be happy to hear from you. Uh, 713-780-3776. Coming up next, will Jose Altuve, will he get to 3,000 hits? And who will be the next Astro, if there is one, to get to 2,000 hits? 713-780-3776. It's the Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5. Guys, I've been telling you about it for a while. It's here. It's football season. You know it's football season. We're talking about the Texans. We're talking about training camp. We're talking about week zero in college football. That means the happiest time for a sports fan for the next eight months is here. And there's no better way to make all the games more entertaining whether it be your favorite teams or you see a game on TV that normally just isn't of interest to you, you can make it the most interesting game in the next three hours because you can put money down on it. And when you do, you should do it at mybookie.ag. I tell you all the time, there's only one place to go. It's mybookie.ag, and it's simply because of the fact they take care of their customers better than anybody else. Whether you're betting on football or you and you want to talk about the point spread, you want to talk about all the different prop bets that are available. You want to talk all the different ways you can put money down on a game. There's only one reason to go to mybookie.ag. It's because they take care of the shirt. Sure, sure, there's other reasons, but to, they take care of their customers. If you've never been on mybookie.ag before, there's a first-timer sign-up bonus. If you've been on and have an existing account, there's a bonus for you when you come back. There's all different ways you can reap the bonus structure and get more money in your account on a regular basis. That means you can cash in, put a certain amount in, but get more than that in your account, more money in your account, more games you can bet on, more chances to win. And it's not just football, college, and pro. I mean, there's so much more that you can do with mybookie.ag. You can bet on golf. As we know, it's the final week of the FedEx Cup, and you can bet on it and make it more interesting. Baseball with the playoffs coming around, 
bet on baseball every night, bet on baseball during the playoffs. Soccer, you name it, they've got it, and they've also got live dealers and casino betting right there online. Check it out right now. Go to mybookie.ag and find out what everybody has been talking about for the longest of times. All the different ways you can get the deposit bonuses, but more so than that, all the different ways that sports become more fun when you can put a little money on it. Check them out today. As I always tell you, bet anything, anytime, anywhere. From the only place I tell you to do it, it's mybookie.ag. Welcome back to the Killer Bees Nuts. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios on ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. Here's Joel Blank and that Jeremy Branham guy. Oh, yeah, Branham. Branham guy. Jeremy Branham guy. Uh, Not BK. So he's changed his name from Not BK to Honey Glazed Branham. Since you're now in the primetime slot. You got to give Blankers a nickname, too. Um... Does your does a Jose got to be better than Branham? What's wrong with that? You like it? Honey glazed. I mean, it's a it's a play on the honey glazed ham. I know, but it's but, not. I mean, it's okay. I mean, it's not great. I get but drilled for dad jokes. Not bad. It was the texture. If you want to drill the texture, go for it. They can upgrade their game. I mean, his previous name was not BK. I don't think creativity is really that texture's calling <laughs> well, card. Well taken. Uh, Jose Altuve. Can he get to three thousand hits? You and I were talking about it a little in the break. I thought about it uh, this weekend when he got to 2,000. You know, all these, even 300 wins, all these things that were, you know, legitimately in conversations with baseball players, it's just a different day and age where it's going to be really tough. He's got to put together healthy seasons for the next seven seasons and be pretty consistent with his offensive approach. Those are those are big ifs that I, I don't think that we thought we'd be talking about with Altuve. A couple years ago, I thought, yeah, I think there's a really good chance he can get to 3,000. But now when you think about the health factor, as well as as you get older, you know at a certain point you're going to diminish your skills a little bit. He's got more pop. He's not not quite as much average. But the health thing to me is what is the reason why I think he's yeah. not going to get it. And he also doesn't get as many hits as he did like in his mid-20s, right? Because he was like batting champion, hitting 340. He's kind of reinvented who every he is. Year and and plus, he, them was, off. he was more of a free swinger than two. Yep. Like, he, he would ne- he would rarely walk. Like, he would have half the walk totals those years that he, that he gets now. So he walks more, which means that you don't get as many hits. He's kind of re- reinvented who he is offensively. Hits for way more power. Uh, than he does, like, average. Like, back then, he did hit for tons of power, like 7, 15, 20 home runs, things like that. Here's a little bit of the math on this. Jose Altuve, this is his 13th year in baseball. In his 13 years, he's averaged 154 hits a season. Now, his first year, he only played in 57 games. He had the COVID year where he played 48 games, and so far this year, he's played 54 games. So I think that that kind of, like, averages into the attrition of being, like, an older player. So if we assume Jose Altuve gets 154 hits a season for the remainder of his career, which is pretty high. I mean, that's, that's, that's a high number. That's probably too high. He would need six and a half more years to do that. So that puts him at playing all the way through his 30s and then another year into his 40s. He'd be 40 years old. So I think it's going to be like health obviously matters here, but also the desire for Jose Altuve to get to 3,000 hits. I think if Jose Altuve, that's something that he feels that he needs to get to, you know, put another feather in his cap to add to a milestone of what should be a Hall of Fame career. If Altuve wants to chase it, I think somebody, and it might be the Astros, will allow him to chase it, much like Craig Biggio chased it whenever his you know best days were behind him. So I think Altuve's going to do it because I think it matters to him. Like, if you saw his reaction for 2000, that mattered to him. Popping champagne in the clubhouse after you lost yep. a game, it mattered to him. I think 3,000 hits matters to Jose Altuve, and I think he's going to stick around enough to get to 3,000 I was going to say, if you've got the Verlander approach to, st- to statistics meaning something in the history and, and the legacy of your career, the way Verlander's chasing strikeouts and he's chasing wins because he wants to get to 300, I saw the appreciation in Altuve as well. I saw the champagne after the game. It was a loss. And so I do know that it means something to him. But at the same time, I don't see a pathway from a health perspective where even if he wants it and they do the Miguel Cabrera, hang on, hang on, hang on as long as you can, I just don't see the path where he's going to get there because I I think that the injuries are going to happen more often now. And some of them were fluky this year, and of course he got hit on the thumb. But overall, I think there's there's a guy that's given so much play, so hard nose. It's going to be tough to keep him healthy enough to where it's – 
in my way of looking at this, there's at least another season or two where he might have, you know, less than 120 yeah, some sure. games. For yeah. sure. Miguel Cabrera, he got his 2000th in 2014, and then he went 145, 188 the next year, and then 117 hits. But he still didn't get his 3,000 hits until 2022. Took him seven more seasons or eight more seasons. See, I think it's going to be a Biggio path. Like Biggio yeah. played till forty-one, yeah. and Biggio would hit the occasional home run. Like I could see Jose Altuve in his late thirties being who Biggio was, where he's going to hit two sixty, two seventy. He's going to pull twenty, twenty-five homers into the Crawford boxes. He's going to get the hits that eventually get him to three thousand. Now, if he has if he has a season where he loses the season because of an injury, you can probably kiss this goodbye. Right. I think it's going to be tight. But because it means a lot to Altuve, if he stays healthy, I think he's going to chase the. So 3, factor 000. that out. So if you're talking about what eight years, yeah, I have it. Well, I mean, if you if you factor out 150 hits, you probably but if he, but six he, and if he bizios it, if he bizioed it and did what? Oh, 41? extended it and got to 41. That puts him, I think, at seven and a half years because he's 33 right now. Uh, yeah, 33. So, he'll be 34 next year. It's like so 140 then, hits a year. Yeah. So then it's still oh, well, you know, a hundred a hundo. Is he's, one thing in but, a full season though he's never had a hundred under 140 hits like the year that he played uh, in 2019 he played in 124 games he still had 149 hits last year he had 158 the year before that he had 167 the only years that he failed to get to 140 was his rookie year COVID. when he played in 57 games the COVID year when he played in 54 and it, he's probably not going to get year, there this yeah. year uh, that's why you're right uh, one more injury derails the whole process yeah like it like it a significant injury. if he has like a, a season like he injury. had this year yeah. or maybe even one less injury. It derails the whole thing. Yeah, probably. Now, yeah. I, but I could see him playing till forty three just to chase it. I could, I could. Because if you look you at Miguel Cabrera's, yeah, I don't think he'll be any good. And you got to get at bats consistently. Yep, it might be the Astros. Like, it might be, but well, it depends be, on where the Astros are. Look, Biggio, Biggio. It depends if where they're the Astros selling are. tickets instead of winning baseball games. If it's Biggio, whenever they weren't winning games, they're going to be happy to do it. Right, it's going to sell tickets. You're right. It depends on where the Astros are. Yep. If the Astros are still like right now, like a championship contender, you're probably not giving 500 plate appearances to an over the hill Jose Altuve nope. at 42 years old. If you're a mediocre team that's going 81 and 81, and you're going through a little bit of a rebuild, you're going to have a cash cow get people through the gates to come watch you play. So, yeah, it does depend on where the Astros are. You're absolutely right. Because what's interesting about Miguel Cabrera is, like, he had 2018, he had 40 hits because he barely, he only played in 38 games. Besides that in the pandemic year, he was over 100 hits in every single season. Like, he still was, like, on pace for, like, a very good way to get to 3,000. But that 2018 when he got hurt and then 2020, like, really screwed him to make it have to go eight years. Yeah, the 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 bubble year didn't do him any favors. No, that and that sucked. might it might stop all. But it's bad. just one injury. It might he might fall short because of the COVID year. Like, it's yeah. very much in play. He doesn't get that extra injury year. Like he'll probably he'll still he should still get a hundred this year. Yeah, but like he's not gonna get like what max out like one twenty this year. It is important, probably. Yeah, max. I mean, there's max. only third, there's only yeah. thirty seven games. I mean, how many? Oh, I guess one twenty is way too Altuve high. Altuve has sixty eight right for fifty four. Let's say he gets one hit a game the rest of the year on average. That puts him at thirty seven more hits. So that gets him like one ten ish. Yeah, one fifteen ish. This yeah, year. I just I just think that that's why the injury is so prevalent be because there were so many other outside factors like COVID and, and 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 things that he has to deal with now going forward. He's one. Not even like major injury, like a three month injury. Yeah, but like, but a substantial injury, or if you know, if he's dealing with another oblique or something like that, that's one thing. But if he's dealing with you know a sprained knee or something that goes just a little bit more, you know, on the on the urgency scale, that that derails everything. And and he could get that back depending on how long he plays. Mm -hmm. Like if he plays to his forty two, forty three, he can probably survive one more injury. Rogers, the older guys, you know, that we've seen in football, it's one thing, and and I know, and football is actually a more uh, physical sport. That's why it's so rare to see a couple guys that do it. Uh huh. I just think that it has to be on a bad team. I think if so he's going to play that. Long. No, I, I don't disagree with that and, at all. And I think there's one other big difference between like him and Miguel Cabrera that Jordan Alvarez causes a problem for this team. Miguel Cabrera, at some point, you couldn't play him in the field. Yeah, Biggio played in the field until he was in his 40s. I don't though. think Altuve will have that issue at second base as much as Cabrera, but like you don't really also have, of if he can't play in the field, he could probably be the primary DH for the Astros because right. that's still always going to be Jordan Alvarez. Well, if you're talking about that length, though, I mean, Jordan Alvarez is still six years. Like, yeah, if you're talking about Altuve playing for seven, eight years, Jordan might not be on the team at that point. Don't, don't say those Don't say that. Don't say those words. I know, but just don't say those words. Realistic is the, the, the fact that we've talked about injuries and breakdowns, but Joe, to your point, defensively, he's already broken yep. down with his arm completely. Well, his range isn't there either. Well, not only the range, but the fact that his arm used to be 
decent, pretty yeah. pretty good. And, have, and now he's just doing nothing but soft tosses unless he absolutely has can to. Can you have a five foot five first baseman? No. <laughs> unless no. you're Bill Vec back in the day. No. Somebody uh, texted in. Not just somebody. Eric, the driver. Altuve will be a 300 homer, 300 stolen base guy with around 2,500 hits at the end of his career. I think he'll get more hits than that. He says still Hall of Fame numbers. Let's be very clear. I don't think Jose Altuve needs 3,000 hits to be Completely a Hall of Famer. Completely agree with that. Uh, so I want to be clear on that. Uh, this uh, 3,000 hits is not a milestone that Altuve has to hit to be a qualified Hall of Famer. Now, what do voters do with Jose Altuve? I think is a fair question. But Jose Altuve, by the time he's done counting his stats, should be a first ballot Hall of Famer. Is he's he the incredible. only position player on the current roster of the Houston Astros that has a shot at the Hall of Fame? Um, I think Tucker might have a shot, but he's going to have to start having this type of year for like Every the next year. seven yep. years. Uh, Jordan, maybe if he stays healthy. Uh, you're talking position players? Yeah. I mean, we know Bregman, Verlander's going in. Bregman, no. Payne, no. He doesn't hit enough. The only other one that you could have any claim for. Is if Yiner Diaz I was is the say, best are you offensive going catcher on me for the already? Next, he's the only other one that would have a chance. Yeah. He's the only other one that would have Tucker. Yeah. If Yiner Diaz is the best offensive catcher for the next decade, he, he has a shot. Yeah. He has a shot. I, I just three. think for all those people that were grandiose about Bregman after he had his one big year and other, where they were like, he could make the Hall of Fame someday, and this could really hurt his Hall of Fame status when the the cheating scandal came up. No, there was only one guy that it was going to affect. Real quick, is there a player on this roster that could get to two thousand hits? Tucker. I think I think it's Tucker with Tucker. an extension, and Tucker. I think that's about yep. it. Now, Yiner could because Yiner swings at everything, and he doesn't walk, which means you have a chance to get more and hits. You, and there's a chance for him to get better at that. And Jordan, it's just out of the question because he just yeah. – you can't believe he's going to stay healthy. And he, and he walks a ton. He walks a ton. 713-780-3776. The Astros had a players-only meeting yesterday. Uh, that's an airing of grievances that they had in the clubhouse. It's time for our – airing of grievances 713-780-3776 now is your chance air your grievances with the houston astros following this three-game sweep of seattle 713-780-3776 your airing of grievances with the strows it's the killer bees on espn 97.5 and espn 92.5 you know football season is here we're living it we're talking football every single day and the university of houston hope opener is right around the corner as the Cougs are kicking off their first season in the Big 12. A great matchup over at TDECU Stadium two weeks from Saturday as the Cougars host the Roadrunners from UTSA. And the theme for Game 1, we're going to be celebrating Houston. Family four-packs are available now. Get those right this second. Four tickets, four hot dogs, four chips, four sodas, all for just $60. $60 for a family of four. Outstanding value. 713-GO-COUGS or uhcougars.com slash tickets. Individual tickets are available now as well. If you don't have a family for four, well, you can get tickets for just 20 bucks. Come early. Enjoy all the new activities in Cougar Alley in front of TDECU Stadium, including the huge LED TV screen, the Bud Light Backyard, food trucks, and more. Spirit of Houston performing at halftime. Entertainment by the cheerleaders, Cougar Doll, Shasta and Sasha, and DJ Yobi Yobes mixing it up in the student section. Houston, UTSA. UTSA receiving votes in the AP poll, by the way, too. Good football team coming into town. Get your tickets now. 713-GO-COUGS, uhcougars.com slash tickets. Don't miss all the fun and pageantry of college football. Come early, be loud, and wear red.